Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a director, producer, music supervisor, and educator. He's worked with Snoop, Britney, Babes, and his latest documentary, Long Live Rock, is out now. We welcome Jonathan McHugh. How are you, my friend? Brother, let's go beyond the mic. Your love of music is evident. Where did you first discover your love of music? Well, I think, you know, I was a paper boy back in the day and I saved up all my money. A little band called Led Zeppelin came to town in 1977 when I was like 12 or 13. I got my money order, sent it in, and randomly I got back 12 Led Zeppelin tickets. That taking my friends to that show, well, that kind of changed everything right there, bro. How much was that ticket at that time? That's a fantastic question. All I remember is I had $235 in my bank account. I put it all in and I want to say I got 12 tickets. So whatever that math puzzle is, maybe 20 bucks a pop, I don't even know. But whatever it was, it was one of the greatest days, two days of my life. I went to two shows on that uh, 1977. Long Live Rock examines the community of rock from behind the scenes discussions from musicians and fans. With concert music being silent because of COVID-19, How important was releasing this to bring back a bit of normalcy to those silent arenas and festival areas? Uh, You know, look, my my idea was this movie, you see this on a big screen and this movie plays like gangbusters for the right crowd. So the idea, you know, we had a one night release already lined up for the summer of 2020. Well, guess what? That didn't happen because there were no theaters. So the idea of putting it out on the one year anniversary of no music and a lockdown, it's kind of like too poetic not to do it because it's kind of the gift to give back to fans because it's a movie made by the fans for the fans to put it out there this weekend seems like the right thing to do. You don't believe rock is dead, but how has it evolved in the last 20 years? Well, look, rock is always, I mean, when I was a kid, rock was the mainstream format. It seemed like to me. Um, And then as you grow older top 40 takes over to an extent and then hip-hop starts to blow in hard and those guys are you know that could be a super dangerous world coming from the streets where that music evolved from um so it as as things get kind of mutated and they also segment out and and become more niche rock like country in its own way is just a good niche format you know it's if you're in it you're in it you know like country if you're not you're not and so i think it's never really um, it was going to be mainstream because, first of all, the fandom, you know, you look at the tattoos and the piercings and the wearing black in the middle of the summer, right? It's not exactly a good mainstream look. And moshing and crowd surfing and the wall of death, like these things are not mainstream in today's society. But you know what? They are about kicking out the jams and really just rocking out to it. And that's what this movie kind of celebrates, you know, just the fandom of it all. Uh, And I think, like I said, now more than ever, really good time to let people have it. There's something electric that you were able to create and capture in this movie. Nurses, a woman crowd surfing in her wheelchair. Look, these people, man, they are the real deal. They just live for this music. And you just basically turn the camera on and turn this music on and you're good. Because they're just going to really show you their fandom and their passion for it. And the fact that they live their everyday lives. But you know what? You get them to a festival, man. They are different people. And this music inspires them and pushes them and gives them therapy and solace. And that right there is all you can ask for in a genre of music. When you initially made it, there were challenges with deaths as you were beginning to make it. How great was it to finally have it available for people to watch? The quick story on what you're talking about is... In the movie, uh, we're literally the first interview we lined up. We're all ready to shoot. 
Uh, it's May 17, and we go to Columbus, Ohio, and at 6 a.m. that morning, I get a phone call. Chris Cornell is dead, and he is not, obviously, the Soundgarden is not performing, and my partner, Gary Spivak, who's producing, has to figure out how to what that's going to be like. But but I'm about to interview but Lars from Metallica and all these huge people, and I can't go, I can't start my interview with like, man, isn't rock great? It's got to be, tell me your thoughts about Chris Cornell. And so that evolved into after the fact, you know, we we're going to interview Chester Bennington and he passes away. So all of a sudden you have to use this uh, in the film because how do you avoid it? How do you avoid what's going on? And so it wasn't even planned and it, it was not even something I wanted to do because it changes the tone of the film drastically. But how do you not talk about it because it's such an important part of mental health? And this was even before this whole mental health conversation started in the last year or so it had to be talked about. So we put it in. That's the beautiful thing about documentary. You can pivot. Time's running out. So it's time for the fast fire, rocking eight, eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. you were an adjunct professor for American university. What was the favorite class that you taught? Uh, I teach the, uh, I love the class called the visual media. It's basically all about music supervision because I think that that's a great thing to know about. It's the marriage of film, TV, and music coming together. First album you ever bought was? I'm going with uh, Led Zeppelin Two. You call yourself a connector. Who's the last person you texted? Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, I think that's the actual executive producer of the movie to say, people love this movie. Thanks for, thanks for being there. In 10 words or less, what makes a good documentary? A good documentary is made by great subjects and the ability to figure out how to put it all together in one piece. First thing you do every morning? Um, kiss my wife. Favorite job other than being a doorman on Dark Avenue? Selling Italian ices in front of the old World Trade Center when there used to be one. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? To be able to fly. Which was wilder to make? Cosplay Universe or Long Live Rock? Long Live Rock. Check out longliverockmovie.com for all details to watch the movie and uh, support the cause, man, because, you know, if you can't make these independent movies out there about the stuff you love, nothing's going to ever happen out there. He once sold Italian ice right outside the World Trade Center. First album he ever bought was Led Zeppelin II, and he always kisses his wife first thing in the morning. We thank director, producer, music supervisor and educator Jonathan McHugh for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.